Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. As we begin a new year um, here on Chicago's Legal Latte, it's a time when we often take a look at either laws or compliance issues that may have changed or regulations, best practices, even filings that may require a a timely review at uh, this point in the year. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Jim Mitchell, and uh, I certainly wish you all a happy, healthy, successful new year. We're a couple of weeks under our belt now and hope all is going well. And uh, today, please to welcome um, uh, just a someone who has been with us just once before, I think, and uh, she's going to share some information today, Lavelle Law Attorney Samantha Bonamassa. Now, her work, Samantha, focuses on uh, a great deal on securities law. Today we're going to talk about some annual requirements for investment advisors. Really a lot to cover. So, uh, first of all, Samantha, welcome, and thanks for taking the time to come back and visit again. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. So we're going to take a look at uh, both a broad view of compliance requirements as well as uh, a more targeted review of, of Form ADV for investment advisors today. Let's let's start with the general look um, for investment advisors who are registered with the SEC. What what annual compliance requirements should they be thinking about right now? So the two big ticket requirements for an SEC-registered investment advisor right now, um, and I guess in order of timeliness, are there Form ADV annual updating amendment, because that's due for most of them by March 31st, so it's within 90 days of their first quarter of the fiscal year end, um, as well as the annual review requirement. Um, although that doesn't have a time deadline like the Form ADV does, it's still a big ticket annual you know, item. Okay. And help me understand, just by means of definition, uh, in terms of these obligations and requirements, are these specific to each individual advisor, or if there's a group, does it take place at the firm or company level? Great question. It takes place at the firm and company level. Um, so for investment advisors, both SEC registered and state registered, uh, the Form ADV itself is their application for registration. And then they So they file it initially and then annually amongst other kind of interim timeframes that could material things come up. Um, so, and then even for exempt reporting advisors, the form ADD is also applicable for them. That's their report. Um, it's not mm-hmm. an application for investment advisor registration. They're a different type of client, but that is still a requirement for them as well. The form ADV. Um, so this is all done at the firm level, but applicable for a, broad variety of investment advisors, so both in the traditional sense as well as private equity firms, hedge funds, et cetera. And when we talk about the annual review, that piece of it, what what are some of the factors that uh, fall into that? So the annual review is basically a comprehensive review of kind of anything that arose, you know, in a compliance matter throughout the previous year as well as any changes in the business activities of the investment advisor or certain of its affiliates. Um, They also should kind of consider any changes in regulation that might have occurred throughout the course of the year or 
even within their own policies and procedures. So it's basically a deep dive into a variety of sections of their compliance program, reviewing them, seeing what's been updated, seeing what needs to be updated, and, and ultimately memorializing that in a report-like deliverable so that they can document it. Um, would advisors, uh, would they conduct this review themselves? Should they use an outside resource? Is, you know, is there a specific process that they may not know well enough to do on their own? Uh, often firms, and this is definitely the annual review, is definitely something that firms can choose to do internally, and some firms do. But honestly, it's, it winds up being a little bit of a, a pain point for firms because often they're so in the day-to-day -day of doing various compliance tasks that very often it fails to be documented and memorialized. So they don't actually get a lot of credit for what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis because they're not taking that kind of final step to document it. So it, it often makes sense to do this in conjunction with an independent third party, um, such as that's something that like Lavelle Law can help with, for example, um, to just make sure that the firm is documenting each portion of their annual review, complying with the requirements. Um, and again, it's, it's just an additional task. And so often mm -hmm. the person that's doing it might be a dual-hatted CCO, right? They might have various other obligations for the firm that they're working for. Um, so it's important to have the kind of resources to dedicate to really doing a thorough and comprehensive review and then simultaneously being able to document that and prove it because that so often is a noted deficiency when it comes to SEC exam time. So not like if, but when that results in the future. Um, it's really important to make sure that you, you know, the proof is in the pudding, so it's important to have it all documented. Well, I want to talk a little bit about the downside, uh, the, the risk of not doing that, but I want to go back to what you mentioned about uh, Lavelle Law and some of the services you might offer. I know you've kind of got a uh, checkup day opportunity coming up. Can you give me a quick recap of what that's all about? Absolutely. So Lavelle Law is hosting an Investment Advisor Annual Requirement Checkup Day um, this January 20th. And basically, that's an opportunity for investment advisors to have a free 30-minute Zoom consult with me, and they can discuss any of their questions related to the upcoming Form ADV requirement, the annual amendment, like we discussed, or perhaps questions that they might have specific to their annual review requirement, um, and various kind of frequently asked questions and specifics and things like that. But basically, they can book a time slot by contacting Aaron Bowers and basically then get plated for that day. And should we give her email? Is that the best way to kind of yeah, direct that yeah, into? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Great. Her email is ebowers, that's E-B-O-W-E-R-S, at lavellelaw.com. So anyone that's interested or has any questions about either of these deliverables, yeah, let's do that. I will. I will make sure we get that in again before we wrap up. Now, I want to go back there to, uh, you know, the the question about uh, compliance and and making sure that all of this is done properly. Uh, what what are the risks? What what happens if you're not staying current on the on the annual review process? So, uh, the annual review is a very frequently cited kind of failure to document notation in enforcement cases and in SEC exams. I so often see it's a very much a remediation after the fact where firms through the course of an SEC exam learn that they weren't 
accurately documenting or really conducting an annual review. Um, they might have been kind of doing certain of the items or doing certain compliance testing, but not to the level of what the SEC expects needs to be done on an annual basis. Um, and most, I mean, most noted is the fact that regardless of what firms do or can eventually prove doing, that it's the failure to document it from the get-go. Um, and so what can result at a minimum is obviously that provides the SEC with more of a reason to look at your compliance policies and procedures than any other thing that you could be failing to do in a compliance sense. Um, but also, it really can result in fines and penalties because the result of certain SEC enforcements and such could be actual fines and penalties. So it could rise to the level of more than just you need to actually conduct this and prove it to us. Um, and it's definitely far better to be proactive than to have to be reactive as a result of an SEC exam. Well, we're uh, very fortunate today to have uh, Samantha Bonamassa with us um, on Chicago's Legal Latte. We're discussing the annual review requirements for investment advisors and, uh, and a lot more to this topic than we're going to get to today. So uh, swing by lavellelaw.com. Um, Samantha has a recent article that's posted there on this topic and you'll get all the contact information for you to follow up. Um, we've, we've kind of talked about that annual review, but I know you mentioned uh, you know, the form ADV. Uh, I know that's a very specific uh, item here, and as you mentioned, has a uh, due date, uh, requirement date of 331. Tell us, first of all, a little bit, what is that form? What's its primary purpose? So this is what investment advisors, both SEC registered and state registered, and even exempt reporting advisors, so kind of different buckets of investment advisors, they all use to initially file with the SEC, but it's also required as an annual amendment. So it provides various biographical information about the firm, its structure, fees, expenses, ownership, a variety of items, um, and requires disclosure to clients, things like that. But it, it's an annual requirement very strict deadline, um, so it's investment advisors are usually pretty familiar with it uh, and often spend a lot of Q1 kind of preparing and getting final numbers together for its submission. And you, you mentioned things, and by the name, when I hear the name amendment, I think that, you know, we're, we're sort of tracking changes, updating. I assume that if someone were to say, well, we haven't had any changes this year, management's the same, rates are the same, nothing you know has gone on, there's still a very firm obligation to make sure they go through this process? Yeah, great question. Um, there is. Uh, there is a kind of catch-all in item two that requires an investment advisor to at least note that. Um, and if there aren't changes, it needs to be identified. And there will at least be some level of change. It, it is a large enough and complicated enough form. It actually has three different parts. So there will always be a very small something at a bare minimum that will be required to be updated, um, and even just, frankly, the signature block, right? So um, it is important to be very careful to go through each of the sections because there are kind of different layers. The absolutely must be updated, but there are also various parts of a Form ADV that firms want to update because any number of things could have changed um, in their business structure, et cetera. So it's often a great area to provide a, a comprehensive review of the firm. Um, so no matter what has resulted through the course of the year, there will always be updates to a firm's form ADD. 
Um, a couple minutes left here. I want to squeeze a few more questions in. First of all, in terms of submitting it once it's, it's completed, how, how and where does uh, Form ADB get submitted? The Form ADB gets submitted through the IARD website. So it's the SEC's electronic filing site. Um, each investment advisor has their specific credentials, username and password, um, logs in, starts the new annual amendment, completes the information, previews it, and then submits it in the actual database itself. In, in reading some of uh, your article and some of the notes we've got here, I, if I noticed correctly, it, it mentioned that this is a public document. And can you explain what the relevance of that is? Yeah, so, I mean, as with a lot of other types of these documents, it's this is a regulatory filing. Um, so I often look at these. Uh, it's a publicly accessible website. And then, like I said, for these firms, they have disclosure requirements to give it to their clients. But it, it's important to note that each part of the form ADV is publicly accessible online through the IARD website. Um, so in addition to it being important because it's a requirement, it, it's very much a public-facing document. So that's why this carries kind of a, a heightened compliance you know, concern because it very much needs to be accurate. It's not just regulator-facing in that the SEC and any other regulatory authority can see it, but it's also very much investor-facing and broad, you know, client, you know, mm -hmm. face, broad-facing to an even broader audience than that. Well, we've, we've covered a lot today, um, and uh, you were good enough to mention an upcoming event on January 20th for people who want to register for that. Uh, the address is E Bowers. B O W E R S at com, And uh, maybe just once more, Samantha, before I let you go, uh, give a, a quick recap of what um, uh, investment advisors can get by being a part of that uh, discussion with you. Yeah, they get a 30 minute consult where they can ask any of their specific questions related to either the annual review requirement or their upcoming Form ADV annual amendment. Happy to help as Excellent. much as we can. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you certainly helping us out today. Uh, Samantha Bonamassa of Lavelle Law joining us. And, again, uh, let's let's send you over to Lavelle Law, um, very comprehensive website that will feature uh, not only a profile of Samantha and all the other attorneys and partners at uh, Lavelle Law, but um, countless podcasts, articles, and uh, just real, a real wealth of information. So visit LavelleLaw.com. We want to thank Samantha being here today. Look forward to future conversations. And, again, don't forget that opportunity on January 20th, E. Bowers at labellelaw.com to register. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, Samantha, for being here. We'll talk to you again soon.